Anybody know what these are? These are called readers, okay? And if you don't know me, I'm Mike. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you don't know it, you can just tell because I've got the gray hair. And I don't have the long locks like Josh. I need a wig like his. It'd be really nice. Hey, before I get started, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, just look you all in the eye and just tell you how proud I am of you. You have to know... Um, from my heart as, as one of the pastors here, the lead pastor, that I, I, I so appreciate your passion. I so appreciate your boldness. Um, I appreciate uh, what you're doing for Speed the Light. I appreciate that you don't hold back in worship. Um, man, I wish that I, um, when I was your age, I was doing what you're doing right now. I'd be a completely different person. Uh, so I just want you to know, man, you guys bring a lot of life to this, you know, life point, you know, it's called life point. Uh, you guys and gals bring an incredible amount of life to this church. And I just want you to know that. So keep it up, man, be in the front rows worshiping. I can tell you right now, people love it when you just go all in for Jesus and you actually lead them uh, in worship. So thanks so much. I love you guys. Can we just big hug? Oh. Good. Okay. So how many like, <laughs> how many like corny jokes? Okay, these are hot off the press. Okay, I had to buy a kid's meal at Culver's to get this, okay? Not really. I have a young daughter, and so I get to swipe her. So, so uh, I love this because, uh, you guys ready? Girls ready? Here we go. Huh? No, no, not a chance. She was wondering if the free scoop was on there. Nothing doing. Not with me around, okay? You guys ready? What do you call a cheese curd... That's been asked a lot of questions. A grilled cheese. Come on. <laughs> okay, here's a good one. I told you they were corny. I told you. Okay, you guys ready for this one? Hot off the press, man. Okay, what do you call a cheese curd? What does a cheese curd say uh, when they smile? Okay, so you know like what? Cheese, that's right, but it's human. That's right. You guys get it? Because when humans, you say cheese. Okay, good, good. Okay, one more, one more because you're so enjoying this. Okay, what do you call, no, no, that's, that's the wrong one. Sorry. <laughs> Not the right part of the bag there. Ah, ah, you guys are going to love this one. What, what's a pirate, what's a pirate's favorite type of cheese? Cheddar. Okay, you got to say it right. Anyways, all right. If you really want that, you can have that. <laughs> you do? All right. You have to come up and wrestle at the altar for it. So, hey, I understand that Josh, Pastor Josh, has been talking to you guys over the past couple of weeks about this I am with you, right? How many remember any of those? Good deal. So can you just bring me up to speed? Can you fill me in on... Uh, um, can you tell me who I am is? God. Okay, good. So, so the next thing, and help me, help, help me with this. What have you discovered about this I am uh, with you so far? What, what have you discovered? Just what? What have you discovered about this, this I am, God being with you? Yeah. 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 
Right on. Yeah, through Joshua and Moses and Joshua, that legacy. That's good. What else? What else else have you discovered about I am, especially I am with you? Just, that's what? Go say, I just didn't hear you. I'm old, so you have to talk up. (laughs) He's always with us. That's right. That's good. What else? Anybody else? He's really cool. Explain yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's right. I got gotcha. you. So tonight I want to talk to you about another moment where Jesus told his disciples this, I am with you. You ready? Tonight I want to talk about something really big. Turn your neighbor and just tell him, man, he's going to talk about something really big. Okay. It's something really big that God wants you to do with your life. Um, how many of you just, have you ever thought about doing big things with your life? Yeah, nobody wakes up and goes, I just want to be mediocre. I just want to be average. Shay. Nobody does that. But, but I want to talk about something really big that God wants to do with your life. No matter who you are, no matter um, what you think of yourself, God has this great big mission for you. Does anybody know what that mission is? Just think about it now. To reach all nations. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anybody else's big mission? Oh, you're right on, right on the money. Yeah. Make people smile. Bring joy to people. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Hey, let's read this, uh, this big mission together. Matthew chapter 28. Believe it or not, it's in the Bible. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to guess what this big thing is that he wants uh, for us to do with our life. You guys ready? It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of what? How many know that's big? How many all nations is kind of a big deal, right? Because the world is big. He says, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I love this last part. And surely, will you guys say it with me? I am with you always to the very end of the age. Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you would speak to our lives God, we don't need another Bible study. We don't need another just time just to be in this place. God, we need to hear from you. We need to sense your presence. So God, we just open our hearts and our, and our ears to you today. And we just ask you to speak in Jesus' name. And everybody said, hey, you know, it seems like every time, listen, every time God um, asks a question like that, every time God asks us to do something it seems like he's always telling us, hey, and by the way, I'm going to be with you. He, whether it was Moses, like, like Ella was saying right here, or whether it's Joshua. right? You look through all the Bible. Every time God uh, did that, he always let people know what? That you're not going to do this alone. And I think that's a big thing for you and I because I know at times because we can't touch God, we can't see him, we can't hear his voice audibly. At times we can kind of go, man, is he really there, right? Have you ever doubted that? Sure. I think we all have, no doubt about it. But I want to ask you a question before, uh, before you answer. I really want you to think about it for a moment, okay? So you guys ready? Don't, don't, just, don't just yell anything out. But I want you to think about this. What would you do for God if you knew that you couldn't fail? 
think about it for a moment. What, what would you do for God if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do for God if you knew that you had everything you needed to make it work, to accomplish, like, to accomplish it? I just want you to think about that. When I think about that kind of stuff, God, what, what would I do for you if I knew I couldn't fail? Because a lot of times we don't try anything because we think we just can't do it, right? It's just too big. It, it, it's, just, it's just what I'm thinking of is just too far out there, man. And then I look at me, you know, I look in the mirror and go, really? Do you think you can do that? Have you ever done that? You know, you get this big dream, you look at your mirror and go, do you, do you know who you're talking to? You know, you, you look at yourself. What's that? Every morning. Well, there you go. I, I spent time in the Air Force. Maybe you know that. I was in the Air Force. And um, being in the military uh, is an amazing thing. I absolutely love being in the service. And when we talk about this thing of this great commission, and when Jesus said, I am with you always, what does that even mean? Because that, that is really the crux of carrying out this making disciples of all nations, this big, big mission in life, right? You know, we've called this the Great Commission. Why do, why do you think it's called a commission? It's kind of it's in the scripture there. What's that? What? Two people together. Who's the two people? God and us, right? So you know it's a commission. The whole part's a mission. Like, I want you to go into all the world, and I want you to make disciples of all the nations. I want you to do it this way. And so that's the mission, but then when he says, Jesus says, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what makes it a what? Co-mission, right? That, what does that mean? Like you're, you and I have been called to be on mission with who? Not a trick question. Jesus, right? It's always the answer, right? And so when I was in the military, I, I want to kind of paint this picture. of What does it mean for Jesus when he says, I am with you always? I, I'm with you always. Do you know that, that? So let me ask you this. What does I am mean again? God, right. But let's go a little bit further. The I, when he says, I am, what he's really saying is, is whatever you need, I am the answer. Right? That, that's what I am means. It's God. But when he spoke that to Moses and when he spoke that to Joshua, when he's speaking that in this great commission passage, he is saying, I am whatever you need. I am the answer. And then he says, I am with everybody say with what this word with actually means to be united. So you start putting all this stuff together. What does he really mean? He's saying, I am whatever you need. I am united. And this word always, what do you think the word always means? always, right? But if you dig into it a little bit, the word always actually means entirely. It means all. It means whole. W-H-O-L-E. It means entirely. You translate that and you begin to understand that Jesus is saying, whatever you need, I am united with you entirely. All of me. So when you think about him being with you, you think about this big commission, this big mission that God's called us on to be with him. That's what that means. And, and so let me just paint a picture of what that looks like, okay? 
When I was in the military, when I was in the Air Force, man, I joined the Air Force, and, and when you go through basic training, you just, you go with a bunch of people from around the country, right? It's just people coming from all over, and you get just stuck in this group of people who you've never met, and they're from all walks of life. They're just ordinary people. There's, there's it's just normal people, right? And, and, and they're coming from different cultures. They're coming from different families. They're coming from different um, um, education levels. They're coming from uh, different races. Uh, all these things are just... We're just all thrown together in this, in this platoon, in this flight in the Air Force. It's called a flight, right? So we're just thrown together in this thing. And it's amazing because when you walk in together, everybody's got long hair. You know, back, I, I, I went into the military in the 1980s. So if you know anything about the 1980s, I mean, Josh's hair, that's, my hair was that long. And it was parted down the middle, and it was feathered. And when I played football, I played middle linebacker. I had to put it in a ponytail, and I always put a bandana around it. So the little bandana thing hung out my helmet. That's really cool. Anyways, don't want to live my glory days. But um, so where was I even going with that? Why'd you guys get me off track? Hair. So, so we were all, so we all come in, Pat Wright, my best friend had this big afro and I had this long flowing hair and everybody comes into basic training. And the first thing they do is they put you in the barber chair and there's, it's like nine barber chairs and, and there's just lines of GIs just in front of every chair and they're just, I mean, there's one haircut there and it's just bald, right? And so we walk out and everybody's bald. But you know what? We go through training, and, and by the end of the training, we're just like this one lean, mean fighting machine. We're just united, and we're going in the same direction. And once you put the uniform on that has the patch that has United States of America on it, you become just ordinary people, normal people. You become very important and very powerful. Because once you wear that that's flag. Once you commit your life to the military, to, to defending the United States of America, to carrying out the orders of the President of the United States, once you put that uniform on and you've committed your life, there's no turning back in the military. You're there. Once that happens, no matter where you go in that uniform, no matter where, it, it could be one person on the battlefield, it could be a whole regiment on the battlefield, you, as one person, have the backing of the entire United States of America. I've got a friend, his name is, um, I won't tell you his name, but uh, I graduated with him in college at Embry-Riddle, and he went on to fly F-16s. He got shot down over Bosnia. There's a plane that looks like this. This is what he was shot down. That's an F-16. He was flying that over Bosnia about 10 or 12 years ago, and he was defending the airspace over Bosnia, and a, a surface-to-air missile uh, severed right behind the canopy. It severed the whole front of the airplane, and he started just tumbling through the air from 30,000 feet. The amazing thing about it, and you've watched movies like this, is when he, uh, when he ejected and obviously... Um, landed safely under this parachute. The enemy was already following him because he, he was so high. And, they, and he evaded capture for seven days. On the seventh day, there, were, there, there was actually thousands 
of, of military personnel. There were battleships, aircraft carriers off the closest uh, shores already putting together a rescue plan for one person. One person. Millions of dollars. Hundreds of lives put on the line. And, and it, it was like Hollywood. It was like Hollywood. They actually made a movie out of this when they rescued him, uh, that they came in Navy SEALs, and they were under fire, man. They were, they were taking it from, from all over. The enemy was just all around. He barely got out. But all everybody was risking their lives for one person. Why? Because once you commit your life to serving the United States of America in the military, all the resources of our country, all the firepower, everything that we have is backing you, is for you. It is entirely for you. And when Jesus says that I am with you always, he is saying that as you've committed your life to me as a follower of Jesus Christ, all of the kingdom of heaven is now with you, beside you, in front of you. All of the resources of God's kingdom is with us. And that's what Jesus is saying when he's saying, I want you to go into all, he's saying, all authority has been given to me. Translation, I kicked the devil's butt and I own him. Now I have all authority, now I'm giving that to you. In other words, there is nothing higher than me, Jesus is saying. So I am sending you, and I want you to go, and I want you to do this amazing thing, but I want you to know something. It's, you're not going by yourself. I will be with you. This is a co-mission. I will be on this mission with you. And what does that look like? It looks exactly like that, that the whole government is behind us. And when Scott was rescued that day, all these Navy SEALs, all these pararescue um, uh, it's amazing because if you, anybody ever heard of a pararescue? They are the elite of special forces in the Air Force. They're, they are more elite than Navy SEALs. You talk to a Navy SEAL, you talk to a combat patrol, you talk to any of these, and they'll say the pararescue. Their motto for, for their life is, is this, so that others may live. They are the guys that actually go in and rescue they are, the, they are the medics. They, they are the ones that actually go in and kick down the doors and, and retrieve Americans who are behind and in captivity. So they've got all these people risking their lives. Nobody got shot. Nobody got wounded. It's an amazing thing. But when we look at our own lives and we understand that when we commit our lives to Jesus, that that's what he's saying to us. I am united with you entirely. I am with you always, even to the end of your life to the end of the age, until the end of time. And this, in, this evening, I, I think about scriptures like Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Let me just read this. Just take this in. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Get this. When you believed, everybody say believed. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Just like when a, a soldier or an airman puts on a uniform and they're marked with the flag from the United States of America. When you accepted Christ, you were marked by the Holy Spirit. What's that? What does that mean? That means you're his. 
I mean, God is like, you're mine, and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you, but I'm calling you into something big. You know, when God calls us into something big, he wants you to know he's with you. But the other thing is he wants you to have courage. I don't know how you are growing up, but the way I grew up, I grew up in a family uh, that was really kind of messed up. My mom and dad got divorced when I was eight years old. Um, it was just bad. Um, drugs and alcohol and fighting. My mom and dad never could get together and, uh, and work things out. There was always finger pointing and, and, and just, it was just ugly. And I grew up just beginning to think of myself as, as man, I, I'm not like other people. Other people don't, haven't grown up in a family like that. They haven't grown up in the dysfunction that I've seen. They, and all of a sudden, it begins to shape who you are. It begins to make you think that other people are actually better than you because their families aren't like that. Or they have more money because my mom worked two jobs as a waitress to take care of us three kids as a single parent. And, and, and your life begins to be kind. You, you begin to become what you are just to survive, right? God has created us to, to make it. He hasn't created us to cave in. And so he's, he created us to adapt to situations. And so as you're growing up, you adapt to your culture. You adapt. You do what it takes to survive. But when I came to Jesus, that's not how he created me. That's what I had become because of the life I was living in. But it began to hinder when I would think about the call of God on my life. I would think, but God, I, I'm not smart, man. I barely, I mean, I, I barely got out of high school for crying out loud. I wasn't a great student. I wasn't, I was a mediocre athlete, but I wasn't a whole lot, you know. And sometimes I think that when we think about doing big things for God, even though we know God is with us, like he's with us entirely, the hard part is going, getting past who? What's the hard part? It's getting past you, right? We know God is big. We know God is amazing, but it's us. It's kind of like, yeah, I know you're big, God, but I think you got the wrong person. And God is saying tonight, I've called you to big things. I've called you to an amazing mission in your life. I want you to know I am united with you entirely. All of me, the wholeness of the Trinity, all of me is there. But he's also saying, don't allow how you think about yourself, what other people have said about you, uh, your past experience. Don't allow those lies. Don't allow what you've had to become in order to get through what you've lived through so far. Don't allow that to get in the way because you are marked with my Holy Spirit. You are a very important person to me. When you accepted Christ, you, you took on the kingdom. I love this description in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Paul's praying for a group of people in this, in this town called Ephesus. There's a bunch of Christians there. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know that's my prayer for you and me. See, I still have to walk in this. You say, but Mike, you're the lead pastor. You've got, you don't think, hey, don't, don't kid yourself. 
I, I deal with the same things that you deal with when it comes to my self-image, my self-worth. Um, am, I, am I able to do, God, what you've called me to do? And he reminds me all the time, Mike, I am with you. And you can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthens me. That's, that's a big thing. But he says, so I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. He wants us to know this power that he has for us who believe. He says that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Get this now, get this. We're talking about having the kingdom of God entirely behind you and with you. It says, and God placed all things under his feet. Who, whose feet is he talking about? Jesus, right? He placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Who's the church? Us, right? It's not this building. This is not the church, man. You and I are the church. So he put Christ in charge for us. He put Jesus over everything, put everything under his feet. Not so Jesus could just be exalted. No, he put everything under his feet. Why? For the church, for you and I. He is the one that says, I am with you, man. I am with you entirely. I want you, I want you to do big things. And, and in this culture, it is very distracting, man. There's so many cool things to do out there. And, and God has a call on each one of our lives. But the first call is to go and make disciples in all nations and to do it with Jesus. That's our first call. Whether we, we, whether we become a plumber, a school teacher, a doctor, a, a lawyer, uh, uh, whether you become a garbage collector, man, all those things have great purpose, not because of the paycheck, not because of the title that you have or you don't have. It's because when you and I understand that as a Christian, we're marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit and God is with us and he has commissioned us. He has called us together to do this amazingly big thing, whether we're in any of those jobs. The only reason why those jobs have great purpose is because of this. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter what we do, but it matters that we understand this. The enemy does not want you to even catch a glimpse of this especially at your age, because he knows if you get it now, there's absolutely no stopping you. Why? Because it's in these seasons of your life that so many things are shaped, so many things are kind of put into your heart and your head. And he's saying, I don't want you for a moment to get this. Two scriptures I want to end with. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. That's like when we came into basic training. Everybody's got long hair. And everybody's bald. The old is gone. The new has come, right? When we become Christians, man, God begins to change us, right? And he says, all this is from God. Now listen to this. This is amazing. This is for you. It's for me. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of what? through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, big word. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the what? What's the last line? The message of reconciliation, right? You're like, I don't know how to read yet, but yeah, there it is. Whenever God asks us to do something, ladies and gentlemen, he always, it's always with the understanding that he's going to be with you. He is commissioning you. You're not doing it on your own. So what does God put in your heart? Let me ask you that. What does God put in your heart? There's something called a holy discontent. Holy discontent is when you see something on the TV or you, you hear about something that's going on and something inside of you goes, that's not right. Something's got to be done about that. Or, or something must be done. Or something should be done. All of a sudden, something begins to bo- bubble up in you. It's called a holy discontent as a Christian. It's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That should not be happening. That should not be going on. Not while there are people on the planet who have a God that says, I am with you always. I am with you entirely. All of my kingdom is behind you and within you and before you. He's commissioning us. He's asking us to go on mission with him. And there's a moment to go on that mission. There's a moment when Jesus gave it to his followers. And so let me ask you a couple questions and the worship team, you can come, at least the keyboard player. Montana, if you want to jump up there, the whole team doesn't have to go. But let me ask you guys this while they're distracting you as they're leaving. Have you ever felt like you're not good enough? Have you ever felt like you're not smart enough? Have you ever felt like you're not strong enough, you're not cool enough, you're not capable enough, you're not a part of the in crowd, you don't wear all the right clothes, you don't have all the money that other people might do, might have to do those things. Have you ever felt less than? The Lord is speaking to you tonight and saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, I have marked you with the most precious part of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. And you may not know it, but all of hell, when it looks at you, it sees that you're my child. And all of hell is hoping that you do not get a clue about that because you are dangerous because of that mark. You are dangerous because of what God has planned for your life. Don't allow your past. Don't allow what people have said. Don't allow what you've been through. Don't allow the things you're even struggling with right now to talk you out of the big mission that God has for you. Last scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Just think about you, okay? You ready? The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord, think about this, right now, every day of our lives, the eyes of the Lord 
are searching the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So as we go back into worship tonight, the key, the step is fully surrendering our hearts to him. Don't allow your heart to, to, to condemn you. Don't allow your heart to pull you back. Like, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. I, you don't know what family I come from. Like, you don't know, you don't know the, the track record. You don't know, you don't know what's, what's gone on. And, and God would say, my eyes are looking for people whose hearts are fully committed to me. And that's why I'm so proud of you because I see a passion to pursue God. Don't give up, don't let off the accelerator, man. Keep your foot, keep the pedal to the metal and keep your lives and your hearts fully committed to him. Don't let people around you hold you back when it comes to your worship. Don't let friends and culture and, 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 and things around you um, talk you down. Why? Because you are a child of the living God. You are a son or a daughter of God. That, that means you're an heir of God. This isn't the Bible. You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You and I are in this family with him. It's amazing to think that this relationship is happening. So as we go into worship tonight, what would you attempt for God if you knew he was actually beside you, that he was actually entirely united with you, walking with you in all the resources of heaven. As you And you, the way you even begin to know what that looks like is you look at the life of Jesus and when he sees 5,000 people that need to be fed and he takes a, 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 a lunch and he does it, that's, that's what the kingdom of heaven, that's what it looks like when the kingdom of heaven backs a person. You look at the Bible, you look at all those miracles. What would your life look like? What would our lives as Christians look like if we lived as if God was backing us, that God was with us, that he was accompanying us? Man, what would it look like? Grab a hold of it, guys and ladies. And I'm cheering you on. I'm cheering you on and I'm for you. And God is, is calling us. So as we come to the altar tonight, Josh, I'll turn this over to you. But as we come and just worship, let's just say, God, I surrender. Once again, you say, Mike, I've been a Christian a long time. Hey, just come and say, Lord, tonight, I just surrender once again to you. I surrender my doubts. I surrender my failures. I surrender, God, my, 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 my sense of self Worth, I surrender that all to you, God, tonight, and I commit my life to you. I once again just passionately pursue you. Lord, today, tonight, I just pray over these amazing young men and women in this room. And God, I cover them as their pastor. I cover them in the name of Jesus, and I cover them in the powerful blood of Jesus, and I pray that you would fill them. I pray that you would clothe them with your power, God. I pray that everything of the past that is trying to hold them back in the name of Jesus, I break it off of them once more in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that they would break free. I pray that they would catch another gear, God, in their life, and they would, they would hit the next thing that you have for them, Lord. 
the dreams and the vision, I pray they begin to write it down again, God. I pray they'd have to keep a pad of paper by their bed or, or whatever it is, their notebook or their iPhone, whatever, whatever they can write with, God, because vision is going to happen. Lord, I pray that they would write it down and they would place it before you and say, oh God, you are with me entirely. Help me to accomplish this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.